So this Sunday on, a, on, the, on the preaching calendar year, I don't really have a preaching calendar, um, though, you know, it, usually it's the next verse or it's whatever we've been reading is what I've been doing since the hurricane, the hurricanes, um, but this particular Sunday is always a hard one. Um, on, on social media yesterday, uh, there were a number of people that said something like, shout out to all you youth ministers and associate pastors that are preaching tomorrow, because that tends to be this Sunday. It's the Sunday after Christmas, so a lot of times this will be a Sunday that pastors take off and uh, as a matter of fact, I hadn't planned on going anywhere, but I tried to get Tom to preach this morning, and uh, first they had planned to be gone, and then they planned to have to stay home, but so it would have been the associate pastor this morning too, but when I knew that, that I was going to be preaching this morning, uh, one of the difficulties is you've normally, pastors normally done a, a Christmas series that like I did, started the Sunday after Thanksgiving, and, and this Sunday just doesn't quite fit into that. Our, our culture, Christmas was over uh, Friday. Um, you know, years and years and years ago, Christmas was from Christmas Day for the 12 days of Christmas, all the way up to Epiphany in January. We don't do it that way anymore. We kind of turn the lights out on the Christmas season, uh, figuratively, if not literally, on December 26th. So, so it doesn't fit that series, and, and often in, in the beginning of the new year, there are special services. That's the case with us. We'll have Lord's Supper service next Sunday, and then we will have a service of prayer and praise on January uh, 10th, and uh, then January 17th, Tom will be preaching because the week before, our family is actually finally going to take a vacation after a year and a half of not having one, so um, so it, I don't start a new series on this Sunday. A pastor wouldn't start a new series on this Sunday. So it's just a, it's just an odd Sunday for preachers. Maybe that doesn't make sense to y'all. Y'all, some of y'all are sitting there thinking it's Sunday. You should preach on Sunday. I know that. That's not. It's just it's just the what. So I didn't know what I was going to preach. Uh, I, I had thought about jumping back into Philippians, but I never got the go ahead from the Lord on that. It's just a, a hole in the preaching plan. So I went back to what we've been doing. There wasn't a psalm on our D group reading this week, so it didn't fit into the, the Christmas songs series that I did. And it was all Proverbs and Lee and Tom and JR and I'm not sure who else, Etta, that taught the Connect group on video back in May and June, through Proverbs, know how hard it is to preach Proverbs. Unless, once you're at about the, at about the uh, first three chapters, it, it, it's, you know, it's a verse, and a verse, and a verse, and a verse, and sometimes they relate, and sometimes, so I didn't, I wasn't excited about that possibility, and then I read the two chapters from Kings, 1 Kings 11 and 12, and I kind of shook my head, I, that, that can't, that Certainly, no, yeah, it was. Because the, the interesting thing about this passage, and, and turn there if you haven't, 1 Kings 11 and 12, is that between chapter 11 and chapter 12 is a major ending, a major 
break, uh, an ending and a beginning. What began in at least as far back as Genesis 12 with the promise to Abraham of, of a great nation, but we could really take it all the way back to Genesis 1. The, the, that promise, the, the, the storyline that, that has been uh, being developed and growing throughout Scripture up to 1 Kings chapter 11 has ended. It's done. The promise to Abraham of a great nation and, and filling the land, filling the promised land, is, it has, has come to an end. The promise is still there, but the people have not been faithful. So, we get to this point between chapter 11 and chapter 12, and David's kingdom is no more. What we've been building up to, the, 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 the son of Abraham, David, the, through uh, Judah, that had this kingdom for 40 years himself, as he wrested it from the hands of the Philistines and took over the land and passed on to his son Solomon, who had it for 40 years. After 80 years, the kingdom as they knew it is gone. That's all it lasted. The kingdom of Israel only lasted 80 years. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. But that's it. The promise all the way back to Abraham, Genesis chapter 12. 80 years was how long it existed. In 200 years, this, is a, this passage, these two chapters take place around 930 B.C. So in 200 years, the northern kingdom, Israel's about to split into a southern kingdom called Judah and a northern kingdom called Israel. Called Israel. In 200 years, that northern kingdom will be gone. And in 350 years, the southern kingdom will be gone. And Israel will exist as a country no more for about uh, 400 years until you get to the time of the Maccabees, which was 100 years or so before Jesus. It'll exist for a little while. Rome will take over. And then it won't exist until again until 1948 A.D. So you see the history here. You see where this is going. So when we read verses or chapters 11 and 12, if you've uh, read those in your D group reading for this week already, this past week already, you find that the characters have a very uncertain future. The, the people in the story, they didn't know what I just told you. They didn't know that the northern kingdom that has, is you know, just being birthed now will be gone in 200 years. They don't know that the southern kingdom will be gone in 350 years. They don't know those things. They, they don't know what the future holds in 930 B.C., they only know what's going on around them at the time. And we need to kind of look at chapters 11 and 12 with that in mind. And I don't think it's that hard for us to do because we kind of find ourselves in a bit of the same spot right now. We look around us and we see upheaval and uncertainty. We don't know what the next chapter holds for us. We don't know what the U.S., what Louisiana, what Sulphur, what First Baptist Church will look like in 200 or 350 years. We don't know what decisions we make today, because that's really what we're looking at in these two chapters. 
what decisions we make today can actually, or how they can actually affect what happens in 200 or 350 years to our church, to our area. But 1 Kings 11 and 12 show us, really chapter 11 shows us the, the decisions that lead up to the split, and then chapter 12 shows us the, the resulting split and how the next, I, I, I wouldn't say chapter, this would be the next book, the next epoch in the history of Israel, the history of God's kingdom, God's kingdom on earth, God's people rather, begins. So we look at chapter 11 first. We see a time of problems, right? We're just going to work through these two chapters, looking at particular sections, particular uh, verses, and, and getting a grasp of what's going on. Let me tell you what I'm not doing this morning. Uh, just as I didn't in the Psalms, I'm not making a one-to-one correlation between what is going on with Israel and what is going on here in Sulphur or our country or the world. I'm not doing that. Uh, it doesn't work out that way. That's not, it's never the intention of the Old Testament anyway, so we don't want to try to force uh, Scripture to fit what's happening. The only comparison, the only up, uh, the, the only one-to-one correlation is upheaval and uncertainty and upheaval and uncertainty. Brought on for different reasons by different people because of different situations, but the same result, an uncertain future. So chapter 11 begins with Solomon's unfaithfulness. And let me also say it's an interesting... When I read those two chapters... There's, if you, when you get to the end of chapter 12, there's no resolution. I, I don't want to call anybody out, so in your heart, raise your hand if you've already read this. Uh, don't, don't do it in real life, just in your heart. Raise your hand if you've already read this. And if you have, you've gotten to the end of chapter 12, and you find that there's no, there's no conclusion. There's no, and, everything, and they live happily ever after. There's, there, it's, it is a, it's an open-ended chapter, which was one of my, not hesitations, but one of my, oh my goodnesses, when I read it and began to realize that's what I needed to preach. It's, it's open-ended. There, there's, no, there's no feel-good ending to the chapter. It actually ends in a mess. Well, it begins with Solomon's unfaithfulness. Verses 1 through 13 of chapter 11 recount 